Good day, and welcome to Far Reaches. We are four people from similar parts of the world who have wound up chasing different dreams and living different lives. We are Richard, Raleigh, Joel, and Micah. Richard and Micah are from Southeast Oregon, from two small ranching communities known as Pine Creek and Plush. Raleigh and Joel are from Northeast Oregon, from the Pendleton area. We met through college, mutual friends, and heard of stories of each other. Somehow wound up being at the same place at the same time. See, we live and work in different parts of the U.S. now and have all taken different paths to get to where we are. We all talk separately and live far apart. So we decided we should try and talk more together. We hope you come along and enjoy. Hey, welcome back. How's your mom and then? Welcome to the Far Reaches podcast again. We're available wherever you find your podcast at, or our favorite thing, crowd favorite for sure. We're on YouTube at Far Reaches Podcast on the YouTube channel. So uh, track those down. Make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you hit the little notification bell. So you know when one of these brilliant episodes come out, we are in full force again as we join the gang of uh, Raleigh and Joel and Richard and myself. And we are here. Tell it how it is one more time. So guys. How's it going this week? Well, I think I just hit puberty. Hey, guys. <clears throat> I just looked and we have eight subscribers on Far Reach's YouTube. Somebody's standing. Packing wow. their Somebody <laughs> needs to get their mom to hit the like button or something. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm going to get after my wife. Well, we'll it's leave like that the, for another discussion. But, uh, it's, like the, it's like voting in a small town. Somebody has to vote for the Democrats so they don't feel bad. Well, they, they got enough going on as it is. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, boys, let's go over weekly updates. Shall we start with Joel? You're, you got a new shiny hat. You're looking pretty, uh, pretty spiffy. Let's dive in with you first. What's going on in your world? Yeah, thanks for pointing out the hat. I hey, can't um, help but notice. So when I, when I came out here, I packed lightly. I only brought like a little duffel bag. So <clears throat> it's been colder this week than usual. Pretty big floods. Oh, yeah, for sure. See the pictures of the golf course? Junior sent those to me. I've not seen the golf course. I've seen uh, Pilot Rock. P-Rock's getting hammered uh, out by uh, Nolan again, taking a little beat. And I've not seen the course yet. I'm sure it's probably uh, a lot of odd yeah, well, weather. Well, well, Pilot Rock was probably due for a cleaning. but um, <laughs> Jesus, coming out early, are we? Good <laughs> Lord. Um. Yeah, I went. I, I did some shopping yesterday. I went to the woolen mills and then went to the Roundup store and oh, yeah. uh, got this this jacket that I'm wearing. Um, yeah, I had a pretty good week. Um, making progress at work, you know, it's good. Outstanding. Are you enjoying being uh, extra remote from uh, from work? And are you adapting well to P-town life? Yeah, for the most part. <clears throat> um, I can feel my sleep schedule starting to get a little off New York time. So I'm waking up now at at like 7.30. So I'm already an hour and a half late to work. Yeah. But, yeah, well, you're getting on. So, yeah, that's the question. Are you trying to keep on Eastern time with work or have they shifted you a bit since you're three hours difference? No, yeah, I'm trying to. Uh, I I haven't been told I need to or anything, but... Like tomorrow is interesting. Like uh, I should be done with work tomorrow at like nine thirty a.m. West Coast time. So outstanding, yeah. 
Yeah. So, uh, yeah, having a good time. Um, going over to my brother Brian's place. I just got done watching Porky's for the movie of the week. Um, yeah. Love it. Excellent. Mr. Bigsby, what the hell's going on in your world? Well, it's feeling like it might snow. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. It's been pouring down rain and probably chilling off. I want to ask Joel how uh, Simiotis was last week. So. You dirtbag. Do you want me to answer right now? Yeah, that should be part of your week, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that. Um, Must have been yeah, good. so... So actually, yeah, on Friday I went to Simiotti's. Um, we had the two the two tall tables in the front. Nice. Um, well, that's tradition. Yeah. Many a train wreck has gone down there. <laughs> hey, Richard knows. Al knows. <laughs> Is there a pair of boots under the table? I'm just curious. It was interesting. Um, they like all the servers and the people that work there. They had their masks on mm -hmm. and whatnot. I think that might be the law, but. Um, law. Yeah. The level of disregard for the virus itself among the patrons was pretty astounding. Like people were coming up to me trying to, sh well, not trying to, they would extend their hand to shake hands and get mm -hmm. do that. Cause that's, I feel like that, like people are talking about like shaking hands is going to go away. It's not going away. Like that's super know. rude. <laughs> super rude. If somebody sh puts their hand out, you don't shake it. Like, but I had my PRL with me, so I just PRL as soon as I walked away. But um, one guy came up to me. Uh, he knew I, I came from New York, and he was like, well, you guys had that Corvid real bad out there. Kept calling yeah. it Corvid. Yes, yeah, Corvid. <laughs> like here. Do you feel uh, the virus was insulted by its lack of care? By, yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> I think it's going to like double down its efforts to really hit home. To be intelligent. Yeah. People here don't seem to give a shit about it. Um, here it is, but I was a little, you know, I like to go out and act tough that I can go out in public, but then afterwards I'm like for a couple of days, I'm pretty nervous that I'm about to get sick. Um, especially with some of the people that you hang around with at Simiotis, right? Um, not naming names. Jerry disease 24-7, way <laughs> pre-existing, way pre-existing, yeah. Yeah, but an amazing meal, their, their linguine Alfredo, fucking mm -hmm. incredible. Um, <laughs> and then I went to, I went golfing on Sunday too. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, I, I won $80 off of Junior, I beat Junior in golf on the front and back nine. What do you give you, about 40 strokes? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we don't need to talk about <laughs> I can hang up in details here, you know, but yeah, you, well done, sir. Well done. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I had a great time. I had a great weekend. I love it. That's awesome. Awesome. All right, Rawls, back to you. Yeah. Um, been a good week. Just lots of rain, lots of moisture. So you're kind of limited to what you can get done. Mm -hmm. um, Processing cows earlier this week. and. Watched it rain for a couple days, and still continuing to. So, uh, we were planning on branding this weekend, but <clears throat> that doesn't work so well in the mud. So we're going to hold off on that for a week and uh, just uh, another week in Willow County. 
Beautiful. But the, the brand doesn't stay hot enough, long enough to, to burn and scar the cow. <laughs> if you see it that you way. Do a job at CNN. You have such a polite way of asking questions. You, yeah. can, you, can, only, you can only emotionally damage the yeah. calf. And not, not As opposed to physically damage. and emotionally. How hey, do you respond give, to that, we give, we give ours a nice uh, rub down and uh, aspirin when they're done. Absolutely. Yeah. They, they get to a dose of... Uh, Banamine with every shot. So I have a, I have a, where's, where are the aspirin that we just had? <laughs> I had some, my son found some. I was going to show Joel. Oh, outstanding. Yeah. <laughs> Size of a bowling ball. How big is it? At a the end of ball. every brand aid pocket, I have uh, castration bands and a pocket full of calf aspirin. Makes sense. Yeah, it washes your, really well. This is, what it is. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Hold that next to your head so we can get an idea. Oh, there you yeah. go. Yeah. Because yeah. you, you hold it up to the screen, it could be three foot tall. Yeah. There you, you go. See the little aspirin in it? Look at the time release. Uh, yeah, I do. Yeah. You're still a heartless bastard. So you, you're not kidding. You actually you brand them and then you give them aspirin to like ease the pain? Yep. It makes a huge difference. In what way? So after uh, a calf is branded and castrated, they, uh, or the whole process, um, which is interesting. I'll go back to that, but, um, so they'll go lay down and it takes a couple of days for them to recover. If you give them this aspirin and being branded. Like, yeah. You missed the uh, castrated part. Yeah. Oh, okay. anyways. Yeah. <laughs> anyways. So you give them this and it cuts down the time that they lay around by probably two thirds and they recover a lot faster. And I was skeptical skeptical at first, but uh, this uh, actually is, we we use this religiously now. And then the other thing that, interesting enough, OSU just put out a study about the different ways of branding, and they measured the stress level of the animals. There's a uh, something in your blood that you can- Cortisol. Cortisol, yep. Anyway, so there's different ways that you can uh, do on a calf table, which, forever seem to be the most humane way you can do it where you separate the cows from the calves and you can do it where you keep the cows and the calves together and they found out that roping them keeping the cows and the calves together was the one that create the least amount of stress mm. for the animal so makes sense yeah so it's a big study uh for because it runs counterintuitive to what the humane people thought so it's always nice to have that data to back up uh, long-term practices so yeah or long traditional practices they why they may seem barbaric may actually have been settled on a reasonable way to doing it just through human observation okay yeah whatever makes you feel better about it <laughs> <laughs> Is there a personal story you'd like to share with us about this, Joel? Or have you ever seen a calf branded? Or are you just stuff you've seen on YouTube and you're uh, thrown yeah, I saw I'm just it. curious. Well, I watched a documentary about it one time. It was called City Slickers. <laughs> yeah, that, was, um, that one thing. Yeah, that, that was – I think they were branding a, a Jersey calf, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't know. I'm just kidding. I don't care. I'm just curious. Yeah, it's a good question. No, I, I, it's I, that's I, I care about the process. I don't, Certainly, I don't care it, about it's something the that's on people's mind as well. It's so, uh, yeah, it's 
people, I think, often forget that the whole point is at the end, and if you want to look at it from a strictly business point of view, it's really about pounds of calf you get to market at the end of the whole process. So the better off and the happier they are the entire time, the better off you are, and they are. So, you know, that's, that's from a strictly business point of view, if you just think about it that way, anything you can do to reduce the stress and keep them on feed and keep them happy the whole entire time, the better off everybody's going to be. So... Well, did you guys all read that New York Times opinion piece I sent you? I glanced yeah. it pretty heavy. Yeah, I was going to have some of that maybe for some of our Probably intellectual, right, but uh, yeah. There was quite a kerfuffle Rob? about it on LinkedIn. Was there? Yeah, when there's a kerfuffle, you know it's getting serious. Yeah. The, uh, I like the, the, the paragraph where they talked about will, will ranchers suffer financially? The answer is no. Like, you mean no? You should just say no. They one hundred percent will. Suck. Well, the article was about fake meat and how we should stop using real beef. And so, for people that are listening along, uh, yeah, will ranchers suffer? Uh, yes. Will the population suffer? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and the like the blatant like animals contribute greatly to greenhouse gases. And then you just move on. You're like, well, I I'm gonna put my hand up and say no. Um, and you want to, my favorite example is when all the buffalo roamed the prairies, there was a shitload more buffalo than we have cattle now. And oh, we yeah. didn't have these issues. So um, I, I don't know where you get this fact that the cattle are causing what you might consider greenhouse gases. Okay, I just so don't you buy might, it for a second. You, you might not believe it, but there are fewer farms now than uh, I think you said like the Civil War era. Yep. Like, yeah, of yeah. course, because literally everybody was a fucking farmer. Exactly. Back then. Yeah. Yeah. So I used to graze uh, cattle on the White House. Like, there's... But, but, but this, fucking, this fucking guy, I, I forget his name. I sent, I sent you a picture of him, but... Oh, yeah. <clears throat> when I was looking for a picture of him, he is... This guy is just like a Northeast. He lives in probably Brooklyn. Um, he's been dating um, Heath Ledger's ex-wife not ex-wife but widow what was her name no nah. that did yeah, yeah that's that guy him. with the scarf we might as well let's say his name if we're talking about his shit ass article and jonathan saffron foyer yeah he's dating uh or he was at, at least at one this time is foyer Heath Ledger. must have took his name yeah yeah exactly <laughs> yeah the name of the article is the end of meat is here Obviously, it's an opinion piece uh, by Jonathan Saffron Foyer. Is that what his name is? Yeah. May yeah, 21st. It sound, just sounds like someone that knows about the beef industry. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I met him in grad school. Yeah. Um, so, And I realized <laughs> I should use all three of my names, too. I'm really missing out on that opportunity. So we want to make sure we, we talk about where we got that at. But, yeah, that's New York Times. Or, yeah, New York Times uh, op-ed, The End of Meat is Here. If you care about the working poor, about racial justice, and about climate change, you have to stop eating animals. I had no idea I was doing all three of those by having a steak. So, yeah, sorry. It's racist, I guess, to eat a steak? I don't know. Yeah, racial justice, working poor, and climate change. So, anyways, he's just, uh, how many things can you throw at the wall at once and make it something make it. stick? Because yeah. barbecue is exclusive to white people. We invented. A lot of people don't know that. We should tell a lot of people that too. Yes. Um, 
when I look for good barbecue in Texas, I look for the white guy out front. I disagree. Yeah. So, I mean, I make pretty good barbecue, but I know where to go. Yeah. And so, uh, how are we? Yeah, exactly. Anyways, it takes all kinds, just less of that. So, yeah, that was bueno. So, um, come here, Richard. Richard. Do you yeah, call him Little cubed? Richard? No. R cubed. Richard Bradbury cubed the third. Yeah. I don't like that. Even though uh, God bless him, Little Richard has passed on from this earthly plane to, to yes, a realm that he probably probably. Ah, say hi. Okay. It's this is not. God, it's awful. Yeah, I must have seen the screen. Wow. This <laughs> 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 is the simple process. Now that. Right, right. Wants to be inside into the world of Bradbury. That's really Let's, kind of sums it up. There we go. Let's, hey, Al. Yes. It's a whole we gotta start plan. over now. Look at little R. R cubes like fascinated. Yeah. yeah way more here than Pop. That's the ticker. Yeah. yeah. His nickname is the ticker. <laughs> now, what were you saying, Mr. Joel? Oh, Richard, you need to. Oh, not Richard. Okay. I was saying that I think we should start over. <laughs> no, no, no. We're gonna, we're gonna hammer down, man. Yeah. Okay. We can't recreate this magic. Okay. Go on. No, I was gonna uh, give my weekly uh, highlights, if you will. And speaking of highlights, uh, I finally got into my barber shop. So. Did you get highlights? No, no. I just thought it would be a nice tie-in. Yeah. So. Okay. Okay. Did I get fucking highlights? <laughs> Yeah, no, I just got messy hair. He's just got a great haircut and a cool old barber place. Yeah, um, so that was oddly enough the one of the major highlights of the week was uh, getting that and uh, going through the the process. And it was it was um, let's say that there's let's say there's some relaxed standards in in Lincoln. It's a beautiful thing. So uh, yeah, <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. But by far one of my highlights. So and some good rain this week and some. Some good rides on the motorcycle. So it's good and all that. Really good for the farmers. Yar. Richard. Grandma said. What's going up in your world? Um, cow work is slowing down. Mm -hmm. We've got a branding Saturday that we canceled last weekend. So Raleigh and I's weather must be about a week off. Um and I'll put that on pleasure mode. Sorry. Um there we go. Uh, <laughs> I lost my straight of thought. Yeah, uh, exactly. I failed all my seventh and ninth grade students that weren't pulling the weight, and I have had a torrent of uh, weight work coming in. Oh, you're going to rattle been, some I'm cages, didn't you? The, I'm applying everything I'm learning about empathy and why we don't need much of it. Yeah, that's good. Like, I was gonna yeah. <laughs> Scratch so, that. Yeah. I, they, I don't think they'd all have been failed all at once, so I really screwed myself, but... Uh, Everybody's turning in their work, so personal victory there. <laughs> a little motivation. Yeah. Anyways, uh, I feel like I've turned into my, uh, what was she, our junior English teacher or senior English teacher? For both, for me. I took senior yeah. English, but the Falconator? Yes. 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 No mercy. No. <laughs> no. Pain. Pain is good. Yeah. We don't go, we we don't go a, back. We go should ahead. have a seg. We should have a segment where you pull up like the most idiotic thing one of your students writes down on paper. <laughs> well, I could tell you what it was this week. Oh yeah, it's yeah. seared, it's seared in his mind. So he uh, 
he had read a book and then he proceeded to go ahead and write a book report about that book, which wasn't the book that we were doing. We were doing the Hounds of Baskerville. Yeah. Which, uh, I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah. 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 Uh, so he goes, Hey, I'm going to turn this in for credit. I'm like, uh, yeah, no loopholes. If you want to get graded, did you have to do the assignments that I assigned in class? <laughs> so he was just randomly just doing another book because yeah, he didn't like done any other work, but he thought, well, here, I read this book and I did a report on it. So I'm just going to turn this in. I'm like, yeah, no, no sorry. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So, what is, well, I want to know something stupid they say, though. <laughs> That's a good start. Yeah, you're just yeah. looking for some like quirky uh, missteps. Uh, yeah, I bet there's yeah. a lot of that. I had, we did have a description in the staff meeting of a kid who had spelled a word A C H O L E, and the teacher took great offense of it because they thought he was saying asshole but in fact he was trying to spell absolute <laughs> so the teacher I was, like abs- I was thinking alcohol as well thought, <laughs> look at Ron's face second, pretty close to icicle <laughs> really his eyes know. just popped out his head yeah. <laughs> <laughs> either that or a spring popped up in your couch I'm not sure what's happening there <laughs> it's like oh I did I did do an assignment last week because uh, it drives me crazy because for some reason, the last two generations that I see this on Facebook and LinkedIn, have decided that we no longer capitalize our first and last letters of our names. Mm. I don't know where the hell that came from. I missed that one too. Yeah. It anyways, was still so, do that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Joel, still wait, wait a minute. I take offense to that. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so I wrote on the worksheet where you put your name, I wrote name, colon, and then uh, I said, you do realize in the United States, we still capitalize both our first and last names when we do write our name down. And some of them turned in, yes, I do, instead of writing their name. Or <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I had to sit out of classified thing and I said, I'd understand you just did this worksheet, but if you were, thought it was funny to write yes after putting your name, here's a newsflash for you. Go back and do your worksheet again because the computer doesn't recognize it unless you put your name in it. So, anyways, I'm winning teacher of the ones hey, from the students. Hey, there's no shame in studying a trade. Not at all. <laughs> Does Judge Smales would say the world needs yeah. ditch diggers too? Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I had some other highlight of the week. Oh, I had two really cool things happen. Uh, I have been developing a relationship with the Guy that's the CEO of Rio Nutrition. Just oh, yeah. uh, start using some of his products. It's very expensive. I'm not really on board with it yet, but uh, this guy is an amazing salesman. Just a uh, nice family business in Minnesota. And I'm not doing this for a plug, but I, he took the time. They have a really good concentration on the internet. Like when you search them, mm-hmm. they're like Butcher Box or a lot of things. They just keep continuously coming up. And as we're learning the direct marketing thing, uh, I'll reach out to this guy and, uh, um, see if he can give us some pointers. So not only was he gracious enough to go last week and work with our uh, grass bed group who we had a scheduling conflict. So we scheduled for this week, gave a great hour long presentation um, and really sort of got some of our older members on board with doing more online video and that kind of stuff. Oh, great. But then uh, 
we've been bouncing ideas back and forth. So he invited me to the rancher roundtable that his company puts on every um, month, you know, which was last night, about two hours. Five different ranchers from around North America, Canada, a couple from Idaho, uh, one from Oregon, uh, I think one from Alberta, and one from Kansas. And there was a hundred ranchers on it, and most all of them were using video. And I get on a lot, a lot of Zoom calls with uh, ranchers, and uh, they have not adapted to the technology. So I just want to shout out to Trevor and Rio Nutrition because uh, they're beginning to transform how the industry works. And I think it's a positive thing and uh, kudos to them. And then I uh, had another project going before COVID hit with a uh, lady from the East coast that desperately wanted to help ranchers sell beef in a direct marketing way, been advising her and uh, she has soldiered on and created a online um, shopping system that, Farmers and ranchers can sign up to to sell their products, mostly grass-fed beef and other products, um, and that connects them directly to local consumers. And uh, they broker that out. Um, that looks like it's going to go ahead. And uh, uh, just really super happy to see that during this time she kept working away at that. I thought so could be a really good um, new tool for ranchers and farmers and uh, trying to keep her, trying to include the producers as much as possible rather than having it be something that happens to them, mm -hmm. rather something that they're a part of and can help grow and market. Um, it's hard with the people that are in the technical crowd. They want to move faster than ranchers can and the farmers can. And uh, so far I've been, they, she's uh, listened to my advice and advice from other people she's growing it slow and trying to get people on board so that it actually becomes a functional platform. And so that was super exciting this week. Yeah. So, I think there's a lot of potential in that. Uh, we've touched on it a couple of times, even in this group of maniacs about having that clearinghouse or that way to connect people with direct so they can, can get what they're looking for from who they're looking for. Yeah. I still don't understand the, the like the, the roadblocks between like, why, why, why are you selling your cows to, to a third party? Why aren't, why aren't you creating a website to do it yourself? Cut out the third party. I feel like you'd make more money, but what's a, <clears throat> and explain it like I'm five, because I don't really understand the business. Um, yeah. Why don't, why aren't you doing that? Time constraints, probably mostly for a rancher. Um, we're, our day-to-day -day doesn't allow for a lot of extra time to work with technology and most of us are a little in advanced you could say from uh technology it, it but you not, do it a little bit right like you're already doing it yeah. not not from a level that's gonna um gonna reach the masses that that you want to i mean um you almost need a marketing coordinator to take care of something like that. And, and I've thought about, um, you know, like a co-op of, of ranchers getting together, like just like rich rich has done with desert mountain. And then you've got a, a cornet of drop. And then, and I'm sure that's along the lines where Richard's gone with that is they've got the resources to draw from, from more than one rancher. 
and then you do have the the ability to put someone in charge of that but the timing i think is so important you, you know um you have sort of a commodity that's maximizing at a certain point in time and when it does that's when you need to get it to the next phase and people aren't always ready to buy at that point and also usually when you sell your calves off the ranch a lot of times you know they're six seven eight weights probably that's for heading on eight weights they're not ready to be harvested yet they've been weaned and little grain and they need to go on to the next phase and some people you know, they own them through when they go to the feedlot to get to the point where you get that great steak at Simeonis, um, or you have them grass fed for another nine months and then they're ready. So part of it is the system's broken up into individual pieces where some people raise the calves and then some people feed them and then some people buy them. That's part of the thing. Um, can you, can you more simply explain also what is, so I, I often hear about like regulatory roadblocks. Maybe, mm -hmm. I don't know if it's the USDA or who it is that's responsible for that's kind of favoring the big producers or not. I don't, I don't know if they're producers because isn't a rancher the producer and then the middleman is, I don't know. Um, where's the regulatory roadblock? Is there a regulatory roadblock from you selling direct to consumer? And let's say you can get a marketing coordinator, you can get a website up and running, you can get a big set up your own slaughterhouse of sorts um that's the that's processing is the real big part of that um, is there is there is it illegal to sell on a mass scale slaughter your own cows and sell some states are lifting those restrictions but usually it has to be usda certified to be able to sell commercially um and so you can which i can understand you want we have the safest best food in the entire world and i'm very proud of that uh, and some states, I think Wyoming's one I know for sure is re yep. released that at this time where you can basically sell direct. Like if you want to buy a half steer, you can just go do it. It doesn't have to be going through a USDA certified facility. Um, can you do that in Oregon? Not if you no. I think there's some there's some loopholes. I think on a smaller scale, if you own a share of the cow or if you buy it live, I think there's some small loopholes, but on a really grand scale, how you'd need to, to market to survive, that's the first roadblock, uh, I think. So, so I guess it's like, so I can't just go buy it directly from a farmer or from a rancher and then. You could. What, well, you could. I can, but it's yeah. illegal. No, I guess. you could go buy the cow no. from Raleigh today or Richard, and you can take it home and you can harvest it yourself and nothing wrong with that at all. Oh, oh they you just can't actually... sell the semiotics. No, you can't sell the semiotics. No, you have to. Have Wyoming, a, you can do that now. Yeah, that's one of the things about Wyoming is down that there doesn't have to be that USDA inspection to sell at retail. Mm -hmm. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Okay, I got you. You can sell to me. You can't sell to a restaurant or a grocery store. Commercial. I can sell the animal. You have to pay for it to be packaged. Yeah, that's okay. how it sort of works. And there's a lot of. You know that's sort of a shady area like that's well, an organized well. mafia is what that is well and there, there's a lot of times you know traditionally after you harvest an animal it usually hangs for close to three weeks at least before you start even making it into steaks just because that's the part of the aging process that's in place we've all come accustomed to it makes great taste of meat too so that's part of this whole big system too where where there's these times in the middle where nothing's really going on or you need places to store a quantity of beef. And that's why a lot of people will just, I've got 200 head of calves. I'm just going to sell them all to the next guy who thinks he can make a little bit of money putting some weight on them. And he's selling to the next guy that can 
and keep taking those in. Um, and that, that's sort of the, the process we've got to where we have fewer um, smaller processing facilities, smaller feedlot facilities. And like they used to be really regional or everybody had a small feedlot and just kind of did it for everybody. And then it, obviously economy of scale keeps kicking in. And that's part of the weakness we're seeing in our system now is there's only a few places that can really process all these animals we need on a daily basis. Instead What's of having in, 500 small ones, we got five big ones. What's the difference in profit margin? Not profit margin, but like, let's say you, you sell your steer to, uh, you slaughter it yourself and you sell it direct to consumer, you're maybe getting like 12, 1300 bucks for the whole animal. If you, if more than that. You're going to capture a lot more value. Yeah. So, so you're going to get, let's say you get 2000, I don't know. Uh, what would you get I, if you sell that to a, uh, well, you tell me what's, what's the difference? How much uh, money are you talking about? Here the losing safe animal? range, safe range for grass fed is 3,500 to $5,000, depending on the breed cut of meat. That's direct to consumer. Yep. And then what do you get if you sell it to a feedlot? Nine, maybe 11. Well, you have really? less time in it too. Like I've, I've not yeah. taken it. Richard's had that animal for two years. Yeah. More you get than more that, than double, yeah. You're getting more than double your revenue doing it yourself. Yeah, but it's incredibly cost prohibitive. Like we couldn't do it without the co-op. Yeah, because we have to have that. We have to be able to create that economy of scale. And that's why like I always, this is my lecture. The internet, if you type in grass fed, is a wash <laughs> with tombstones oh. of failed grass fed companies. Mm -hmm. I mean, the websites are still up. The grass fed company is not, has not existed. And like, it's still trending in Google because it's such a popular thing, but the, the company's been shut down and shuttered for two years. But yeah, if you type grass fed, I'd say probably two out of every 10 that you go to visit have been the defunct for years. Uh, what am I yeah, you, you sell a whole cow, but I mean, you have a whole cow for sale, but not everybody always buys everything you have to sell. You have, product that can needs to go somewhere every time you harvest a cow that's a huge problem yeah, or trip, opportunity however you want to frame it the killer we learned in the last 40 years is to get rid of the trim which mm -hmm. is the stuff that they use to make ground beef that's your low value cut and that's what is the tough that's what the most of the carcass is so like you get high dollars for the steaks and the flank steaks and the ribs and that kind of stuff but there's only so much of that in every carcass so you can retail that but then you're left with hundreds of pounds of this trim that you need to uh sell but they'll the trim market is like not like it fluctuates severely like sometimes it's worth three dollars a pound other times it'll be worth 62 cents a pound mm -hmm. so if you don't have a way like a we uh at country natural beef back in the 90s partnered with uh burgerville which is i don't know if you've been around portland area mm -hmm. but it's a burgerville. yeah and they were able to we finally got enough scale that we were able to supply burgerville with the hamburger that they needed to have hamburger grown in oregon naturally and that's when the co-op really started to click along because solving the trim problem uh, created so much more opportunity to sell higher value primal cuts. Mm -hmm. And when you're in the individual thing, you, it, selling individually, 
And I, I was against the quarter and the half thing, but after COVID, I think that that has changed and the consumer's appetite for that has changed. So mm -hmm. they're willing to buy non-primal cuts to have a more secure sense in the food that they're seeking. So um, I think this is going to be a great thing for the cattle industry if we can keep the momentum going. And that's Absolutely. why I've sort of been hustling around and talking to as many people as I can because we're going to have a very short window before um, everybody loses momentum. So I think what? the next... I think the next 12 months to 18 months is going to be critical for making a transition from being centralized to decentralizing the industry. What What are your thoughts on uh, import beef imports coinciding um, with it? So a lot sort of broke loose this last couple of weeks. Uh, Wyoming, Kansas, Nebraska, Colorado, not Texas, oddly enough, attorney generals filed a antitrust lawsuit. There's about 12 or 13, I think, total. Yeah, they might have added on, but I still cannot figure out for life me why Texas is in on it. But uh, too many packers, I guess. But Nebraska was in on it. They have a mm -hmm. lot of packers. I mean, too many feedlots and that kind of stuff. So um, I think that's going to get traction. Um, the foreign, the cool... Country of origin uh, labeling yeah. is what the um, slang is for that. They were in, the cattlemen were in Washington, D.C., singing a very much different tune this time around to Trump about Brazil and cautioning him not to let Brazil reintroduce cattle to the United States. But um, given the trade deal that they just made, I don't know if that's going to happen. And... Uh, what was the one that just blows me away? We're importing cattle now from Nigeria. Namibia. Namibia, yeah. Yeah, easy for you so, to say. Um, I sort of pounded on ButcherBox for this already, so I won't do it again. But uh, <laughs> no, I this I'm clearly coming to this thing is uh, the regulations and the reg the what it costs to produce an animal in the United States is high because that's what the population asked for. They wanted all these regulations put in to ensure the safety of the food system. And all the American ranchers and farmers played by those rules and restructured their operations in order to meet these high standards that the American consumer wanted. As soon as we did that, raised our cost of our production and changed the, and the price of beef went up, uh, they brought in, imported other foods from around the world, not just beef, but mm -hmm. all industries in agriculture are dealing with this. They brought in other foods from around the world and undercut us. And those uh, people that we're competing with don't have to meet the high, same high food standards that we do. And so, or labor laws either. Um, yeah. And so how does that work? If you're going to, if you want to request better food, safer food, better environment, all that kind of stuff, well, then you got to pay for it. And that's Wait, is why, there any way to tell that if I don't want to eat beef from <laughs> Namibia? This is beautiful. Is there a way for me to like know that I'm not eating fucking Namibian beef? I want to. <laughs> yeah, I want to eat U.S. beef. This is. Oh man, we couldn't script this shit any better. 
I say that, Mr. Joel, because there's been the answer is no. Well, well, that, that's that's part of the question. There's this thing Richard mentioned it earlier. Cool country of origin labeling. Many people think it should be mandatory that every yeah. package of meat has country of origin labeling, like the product of Namibia, product of USA. Um, some people feel also that it's the market's job to take care of that uh, and not be government mandated. And so, the market needs to be informed, though, yes. in order well, to that's make a the, decision. This is where the hang-up is, is some people want the government to enforce it, and other people think it should just come from the market. Uh, and that's why nothing's really been done about it, and it comes up every year or so. And it's a big hubbub in the beef industry between the cool kids, as you say, and the non, uh, about how that should be handled. So uh, I, I couldn't thank you more for saying that statement out loud, because that makes that's perfectly how it come to be. Is there an answer? I mean, well, that's why you buy. That's why people are buying from Desert Mountain and from Raleigh when he's on Facebook saying, "I've got you know." That's where the market's going to. Um, If I'm going to the grocery store in New York City, there's a good chance my beef is from Brazil or Namibia or some shit. There's a chance. Yeah. I think no. it's twenty percent chance. Twenty percent chance you're getting a product from another country. God damn it! Yeah. How do well, we gotta get Gordon Smith on this line? He'll know what to do. I'm gonna put a pin in that and say uh, no. <laughs> Is that our senator? Not anymore. Was. No. Oh, uh, former. My senator. favorite. Uh, my favorite joke at the golf course was, He's like, up oh, the sorry, house, Senator. Like head up I didn't expect to see you that far to the left when I hit my golf ball. Sorry about <laughs> that. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah. Well, that's why there's, there's, um, there's a lot of good companies that are marketing nationwide that are U.S. sourced. So. Oh, I don't want to, I'm jeopardizing this conversation, but I think that the interesting thing that I've sort of, my new tag phrase that we're, I'm working on is, uh, it's important that um, so what beef industry is competing against with the butcher box is a marketing company that sells beef mm-hmm. and beef companies need to become much. I mean, we pride ourselves on being good marketers, but we uh, cannot even begin to get the traction that a company like butcher box does. Yeah. They market so well that they uh, don't have to, uh, they're able to do this sleight of hand and bring in all this, uh, I think they most primarily get their beef from New Zealand and Australia and Uruguay, but um, they still market as if it's coming off the the plains of Nebraska or something. Mm-hmm. And, uh, something cool. to be learned, though. I mean, they yeah. have taken that to an art level where the product's not near as important as the message. And yeah. we always approach it from the other direction, I think. Well, we're proud to talk about the product and the message kind of just has to listen to what the product says. But, you know, they've got something figured out. It can be taken and improved upon uh, so i think that's a great point richard and a lesson for everybody is like there's always somebody out there doing it uh, most of the time uh, and if you can figure out how to make it yours uh, you're gonna win so what like, you need to do is you need to get joe rogan on your side because he, he he loves talking about me mm-hmm. joe rogan needs to like learn about this so if i see him in, in new york i'll, I'll tell him Joe Salenton was on the Joe Rogan show uh, this morning. So uh, Joe Salenton probably doesn't mean anything to you guys, but he's like the premier regenerative agriculture guy. On the okay. Oh, did he bring this up? 
Uh, I haven't had time to watch it. Um, It's the second time he's been on the Joe Rogan show, but I desperately, before we get on this podcast, want to talk about the move that Joe Rogan made this year or this week. It was amazing. Oh, the Spotify? Yeah. Yeah. That's impressive. It's it's interesting for sure. We're already on Spotify. Did you you hear this? It's finally catching up to us. (laughs) Did you hear the numbers, though? 100 million? Well, it's undisclosed, but did you hear what the, happened to... Then why did you ask me what the numbers were? No, no. The real impressive number. Oh. The day of the announcement, do you know what the market share of Spotify went up by? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. Billion dollars. Like... One person shifted the market value of the company a billion dollars. Wow. Wow. That's impressive. Makes sense. He is. He is the modern day Oprah Winfrey. He can move markets on his own. I think he's the most consistently listened person listened yeah. to person on the planet. Speaking of moving <coughs> markets, I think it'd be great if he left that commie ridden some bitch in state called California too and uh went to Tejas or Nevada or anywhere that's not uh that crazy. I, I think that's waking him up. I hope it is. Um but yeah, he's publicly said that several times. For, uh, I might have added a couple words. Is- yeah. For a guy that's a self-proclaimed liberal, he's still he's beginning to talk a lot like the crowd that you'd hear on the high tables at the Symbiotti. He's pretty libertarian in points. And yeah, see the high tables at the Sims, we probably have a lot in common. Yeah. Yeah, he is a liberal. He, in, he endorsed uh, Bernie Sanders. Yeah. He, he, he's a pretty far left guy. But... And some things. Other ones, he's like he goes hunting. He loves to cook and eat elk. Like he loves to go hunting. Yeah. <clears throat> he actually, he's, just, he's just awesome. He's my hero. In places that he dropped that he was considering moving, Boise was high on the list. Mm-hmm. Which I don't think, yeah. I don't think Idaho needs Joe Rogan, but you know. <laughs> <clears throat> that's funny. That's where I want to go. I want to. I want to move there. To Idaho. Nobody I know that moved yeah. to Boise has ever left. Yeah. Why would you? I think it's Beautiful. a private, I, I think it's a privatized cult. <laughs> oh, that's too funny. <clears throat> I think the most that beautiful point, women per capita in the world is in Boise. Definitely good forearms. Wow, that's a lot of silence for this podcast out of that one. I don't know where you're getting your stats at, Mr. Joel. <laughs> Personal experience. Okay. Experience. <clears throat> Nothing against the beautiful city of Boise, but I would probably. Uh, I'd probably beg to differ. Yeah. That's all good. That's what it's your personal choice, though. And if you think that's what it is, then ominous, ominous, more power to you, my good sir. I have uh, noticed that women from Idaho are pretty good at holding their liquor, though. That'll give them. Yeah. Yeah. Even if he's he's struggling to get away. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I was just going to say, my neck is sore. I wasn't even going to go there, and you brought it out. You bastard. Yeah. I'll explain that later, Joel. Yeah. <clears throat> See, yeah. I got I to get up for a second. Turn some lights on when you get back, too. We can't even see you. Not that I'm complaining, but I think with uh, with the sexual innuendo that's dripping from our podcast at this moment, it's probably a great time to shift over to our movie of the week, which was uh, movie of the week and the Far Reaches podcast word of the week it's brought to you by Mr. Raleigh Bigsby this week. And so, uh, Rolf, do you want to do you want to lead us into a little bit about uh, what the movie was and perhaps why you picked it, um, and we'll go from there. Um, 
Porky's, what was it, 1982? 81, I believe, according to our good friends at IMDb, yes. Before uh, <clears throat> political correctness censoring became part of the industry. I think where the term gratuitous nudity sort of got its start. Yeah, it uh, <clears throat> it's a classic bowl of laughs, really. I'm looking at the plot keywords on IMDb. It says female full frontal nudity. That's the first plot keyword. Next one is school, then virginity, then revenge, then shower. So <laughs> how do you, how do you, how can you claim female front, frontal nudity when it was like naturally covered up? <laughs> That's a great the question. 80s. Yeah. Good yeah. lord. Yeah. Like did enough wool to wood a sweater. Yeah, that's uh yeah. good point. It is but, technically covered that, up but that time though it, that was full nudity i mean that's gonna make it come back because that was like yeah that's gonna make it come back pretty soon keep in mind it was set to what about the 1950s 50s i think is kind of when it was set inside yeah but that would probably increase social distancing if you know what i mean mr joel 54 <laughs> i believe rawls is when they say it was sort of said in Angel Beach, Florida, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the synopsis is, in 1954, a group of Florida high school guys trying to help their buddy lose his virginity, which leads them to seek revenge on a sleazy nightclub owner and his redneck sheriff brother for harassing them. Man, it's a story as old as time. <clears throat> <laughs> We all went through that, didn't we? <laughs> I'm reminded of a particular um, story in college. We were wandering back from a social <laughs> gathering, and myself and two of my roommates, of which Richard was one of them, but he wasn't at this particular juncture. And so we're trying to tie my buddy in to go and knock on this girl's door. And uh, the roommate's like, can we help you guys? And we're like, no, no, no. Just trying to get the roommate laid. That's all. She's like, well, she's not here right now. All right, we'll come back later. So, <laughs> all this time. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway, sorry, Rolls, but that, that popped in my head. Come back later. Yeah. <clears throat> so, what American youth didn't try to get into a strip club underage? Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> you could. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> And even even in uh, Varsity Blues, like that was the thing. They went to the titty bar, you know, or pardon me, the exotic dancing hall. And so, so why did you pick this movie this this week, Rawls? Well, I actually hadn't had it in mind, but when Kelly was in California, we were <laughs> you were visiting. watching some movies when she wasn't around. Or... <laughs> well, on speakerphone and uh, talking about last week's movie, and that my week was coming up, and. And I don't even remember what I had picked at that point in time. But in the background, Kelly's mom says, why don't you pick Porky's? And, and it just hit me that it was like, that is the perfect movie to lighten the uh, com com our commentary on this thing. So. Yes. Absolutely, yeah. And as we discussed last week, I was pretty giddy because it, I already owned it. It's one of my favorite movies, I think, because it's just so stupid. But it meant so much to me. It can come out and... At 81 or whatever, I probably didn't see it till 83, I don't know, 84, I don't know exactly when, just going off about where I lived at at the time. And, and you know, I lived in Lakeview and it took years to get anything on video back then. I know there was our local guy, Eddie, who had uh, his own backyard 
VHS rental facility. Like he had, <laughs> he had a satellite dish and like 10 VCRs running at all times. So you just go down to Eddie's and you'd freaking rent a VCR. Cause the VCR costs like $1,200, maybe even more, $1,500. Look at Joel. He's like, get off my yard. You know, Fuck it, Eddie. Yeah. And then you could rent a movie for a couple, three bucks, you know, and he had like the case and the whole shit of ruin. He had the adult section and yeah, you just go to Eddie's and he's in his house. And so that's one of the first times I think we ever saw it was we rented it from there. My buddy and I did, I think, cause we'd, uh, help burn some trees and brush and stuff around there. It's like, well, you guys can have a VCR rental and some movies. So naturally, you know, we were like 12 or something. So we picked, I think we picked Porky's and like Up the Crick, which is another one of the best freaking 80s movies of all time. And we snuck home and watched those things. Yeah. So this reminds me of my youth a lot and the chaos we used to get into. And the fact that we went to look a dude's house and just rented movies, you know. <laughs> I, I think Porky single-handedly built HBO and USA Network. I remember sneaking Absolutely. downstairs to watch the shower scene in, uh, on HBO. <laughs> I'd look in the little book that came every week. Oh, yeah. Oh, the guide? Yeah. But I'd lay in my bed awake, and then when it came on, I'd sneak down, turn it on Channel 5. Volume off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> back, back when you had to schedule your masturbation session. <laughs> Strategically, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you had to have a TV guide to know when the hell anything was coming on. Yeah, because there was no on-screen guide or anywhere else you can look. Yeah, the edited version was was it about ten minutes long. It played, no, it played it played on a constant loop on USA Network. That in WWF. I mean, it was Porky's or WWF. Hulk Hogan, Ronnie Ray Piper, and Porky's. You know, that's, that's what it was. awesome. There's such great moments in this movie, too. Uh, you know, they pulled the Mike Hunt prank uh, on the gal at the, the restaurant, you know, and meat's passed out and it's chilly and the cops come give him hell. And, like, especially growing up in a small town, I think we had those moments where we were out and about in public and one of our friends was just tipped over and the cops are like, you need to get him home, you know. <laughs> and, and, like, I howled laughing when they're like, I think he's diabetic. Uh, how many sh sugar cubes does Anthony usually take? You know, and then the cops like, "Look, if you guys are bullshitting me, you're all going into jail." And and Pee Wee's like, "The son of a bitch does it all the time." Like instantly, just turns on his buddy, and they all kind of look at him like, "Dude, take it easy," you know. But it's like that one kid that was just so nervous that something. With the son of a bitch does it all the time. I just howled with laughing. What's I mean, that? Who hasn't taken your friend to the Chinese food restaurant yeah. and have him pass out? <laughs> or forget fried rice, stuff. right fried rice right fried rice yeah <laughs> oh so yeah that's why i was so giddy because it's just so many funny memories and and i think you know when you watch that when you're like 10 or 12 then that's kind of in your mind too when you're going to high school like you know i can get away with this shit you know or i gotta try at least so it's funny that back in our day and you're you guys are even older than i am but i watched that when i was like 10 years old mm -hmm. Like, there's no way you could watch a movie like that anymore when you're 10. <laughs> like, I just watched it at Brian's, and Morgan is eight or nine. Wouldn't let her anywhere near the room we we're watching it in. <laughs> I'm going to pause it. <laughs> but we were watching that freely. And with enthusiasm. With enthusiasm, even. Well, you yeah. weren't bugging your parents, so what the hell? They're fine. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that movie, 
I, I'm gonna volunteer. I'm gonna take. Is this fine? That I can talk about my view on it. Oh yeah, yeah, sure. I think okay. So. Yeah. I was super impressed with the production quality of that movie. I was expecting because I hadn't seen it in years, but I was expecting something more along the lines of Police Academy, where it was like, <clears throat> "This is cheap. This oh. is not. This is not a cheap movie. This is really well done." The acting was fantastic. The comedy was good. Still holds up. Um, it makes you just pine to live in that era mm. if you're a man. I don't know how women would feel about that. It's probably not. Lassie, like, Lassie liked it. <laughs> I, think it was, <laughs> yeah, I think it was Canada's first produ produced talkie. So they really <laughs> wanted to nail it. <laughs> it was so good. There was, I don't know. I don't know, there were some random things in there that all 80s movies have, which is like the significant amount of racism and anti-Semitism. Oh, yeah. Over, like, overflowing. Yeah. like with No purpose. It doesn't add to the story at all. I think it was just the fact that they could finally look back on pointed out how ridiculous it was. And I, yeah, I, I don't was, know if it was... I'm well, sure I think there's we, places it was that bad and probably places that it wasn't, but I think they could kind of point back. And what what think, were you saying, Rawls? Well, if you look at the the whole scene of it, by the end of it, you know the the guys that were making fun of the Jewish kid, yeah. and that the roles reversed on them, and and they got a better look at at how life has changed, and and that was kind of a afterthought after watching it was, you know, they at first you're like, I mean, the opening line was, I don't remember the guy's name asking if they got the black guy to come. Oh yeah, and, yeah, and 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 by the end of it, the the guys that. Uh, were the were the racist or or the ones that were you hater or whatever mm. they were they kind of they kind of had egg on their face by the end of the movie you know one of them got his ass kicked every time he went to Porky's and the other one he yeah. he became friends with the Jewish kid and it was kind of a you know you, you look at that and it was a a jab at at the uh, the the racist and anti-Semitism. Mm -hmm. Yeah, good, good point, Ross. I, I hadn't really put those two together, but yeah, the redneck kid, and he was like proud, like redneck rebel proud. And he is the one that kept getting his wheat shredded at Porky's and almost died. Yeah, another kid is, you know, his dad was an a hole. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, he ended up getting oh, good friends okay. with Schwartz. Yeah. yeah. You know, you know that, that Porky's must have, oh, I don't know. There might have been an earlier movie that I don't know about, but it's interesting to see how far back the trope goes of. All of these, so I was telling Spray too. So you look at like Varsity Blues, um, Dazed and Confused, uh, uh, the American Pie movies. Mm -hmm. Like the characters are pretty consistent, aren't they? You have like the. Well, yeah, the, I think because they reflect the society jock, pretty well. Yeah. The big jock, the 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 dumb redneck, and you got the. Oh, I thought that was interesting. The nervous, awkward kid, you know, like uh, super bad, same kind, you know. Yeah, yeah. The horny kid. Yeah, but even all the John Hughes films, you know, they, that's why they're so popular, I think, a lot of times, just because they really represent, a lot of people can directly relate uh, to these characters. It, it was our high school years. I mean, if you, yeah, definitely. We, all had, we all had that character in our group. Mm -hmm. The girls were shifted. a lot better looking in the movie than they were in my high school. <laughs> <laughs> You should have been to Boise. That'll learn you. <laughs> I went to the wrong high school. Yeah, that'll learn you. Uh, 
And I think those characters shifted amongst people too. You know, I think also um, depending on the situation. But uh, yeah, it's that classic coming of age, tormented. Uh, you know the the pranks and the jokes with like the eggs. You know, ah, that was just beyond hilarious because that rang a lot of bells for sure. Yeah, if we had a star system, we don't. We should establish one. Maybe uh, a rating system of well, such. Like on a 15, 15 point scale. What's a good? What's an appropriate scale? We're gonna have to, we're gonna have to ponder this. Um, yeah, logarithmic. Let's go logarithmic. That would be fun. Don't talk math. Let's go I don't, like. I don't want to hear about math right now, Micah. Let's, let's go like one to Damn Subaru. Logarithmic. What'd you say, Richard? Let's go to one to Subaru. One to Subaru. I'll rate it. Let's ponder that, shall we? I think you're right, Mr. Joel. That, that makes a good sense. Some sort of way to categorize these oh, deep thoughts. that's it. That's it. We should do it by cars, like Pinto. Uh, well, no, because then we're going to have to agree on the, the, the stratification of the cars to begin with. That's going to take Way too year. complicated, Richard. Way too complicated. <laughs> so much more fun. I know. It's a good Especially, thought. I mean, I think Porky's... We should we should lay them to a car. Porky's would be like a uh, hmm, like that really. I don't know what it. Would it's be. like your first car. It'd be like a Ford Maverick. I was gonna say a Ford Taurus. Taurus, <laughs> the raging bull. Maybe the raging bull. Yes. <laughs> out of, maybe out of for car, our podcast. Yeah. Maybe maybe for our podcast. Uh, uh, the rating system could be better or worse than Porky's. Also, oh, it's sort this, of our. This sets the standard. The foundation, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. The baseline. baseline. Yeah. That, that's like Police Academy was worse than Porky's. Well, everything to date has been worse than Porky's. Porky's been the best movie. Okay. <laughs> at least just you haven't even seen all the movies this, yet this so. is the most commitment that he yeah. has had i know and that's why there's like yet. just stunned silence too it's like a, complete it's a, silence it wasn't I'm, like a audio fault it was complete silence i feel like i'm insulting porkies by calling it a movie it's called it's a film thank you that is a deep discussion there film, <laughs> film versus movie uh yeah i'm I like where you're it's going good. with this, though. It makes good sense. And I like your commitment to it, and the fact that you actually watched it is even more. Uh, yeah, that says a lot. Yeah, I enjoyed it. You My favorite line, does everybody have a favorite line from the movie? My favorite line was early on when they go to that remote cabin out of town. Oh, for Cherry Forever? Yeah, I think they're all going to get laid, and um, <laughs> the gal comes out. And checks them all out, and she says, uh, "We're gonna have to strap a board to his ass. He's liable to fall in." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> says a lot about everybody involved in that situation. Yeah, uh, that's a good scene. <laughs> I wonder what, what was I thinking when I was ten years old watching this. I don't know what they're. Talking I don't want to know. About. You probably missed half of it. I'm sure. Um. I just saw boobs and bush and maybe, I don't know. I don't know what our audience is like, but another thing I was talking about is uh, a boob shape by decade. Mm, yeah. Ooh. 
It's changed significantly. Have you, have you ever noticed how that changes? Mm-hmm. Part um, of it's with the bras, I think, obviously, but if they're like exposed breasts, it's different. Yeah. I feel like the 80s was more of like a banana. Kind of a like, swooping. Yeah. Well, yeah. Right. I think if you go like the 70s, it's more of a torpedo. Is that again, Richard? Until you got into the heavy metal posters, then they got more engineered. Bolt ons. They're called bolt ons. Bolt ons. Yeah. You're welcome. That didn't arrive to like the mid to late 80s, probably. But so before that, this was a good year. Now, there's a study there for sure. And oddly enough, uh, I just recently looked at the demographics of this podcast. Would anybody care to guesstimate the percentage of male versus female viewership? Any guesses? 60 40. Which way? Uh, men. 60 40 for Richard. 80 20. 80 20 men versus females? Nature's, nature's equation. I'm going to go 80 20 as well. I'm going to go uh, female 80. You were almost dead nuts on Rawls. It's like 77% last time I looked. Female audience. <laughs> I, had to, I had to check it twice. Yeah. All right. That, I'm just going to skip to the end. That's the best thing that's happened to me this week. <laughs> <laughs> Richard's taking we're that gonna, one off the board. We're going to just drop the mic. This podcast is over. <laughs> Draft, Richard just took that off the board, number one draft. Yeah, look at that. Insight. I think they want insight. I don't know. Yeah, so I was completely shocked. Um, I was encouraged. I thought, that's. I did not expect that. So, well done. Rawls, why why did you guess that? What are our figures? I mean, what numbers? Do you know actual numbers? Well, some are hourglass and a little bit, or some are more plump. (laughs) Some are from Boise, some are not. Uh, Yeah. Lakeview figures, not oh, cyphering. Yeah, <laughs> there's a there's a very big woman in Pilot Rock that's skewing the numbers. Her name is Juanita. Oh, sorry, Juanita lives on Long Creek, actually. So we just lost that demographic. Oh, Juanita, and we lost a Pilot Rock. Uh, yeah, you, yeah, you made sure that right off the bat. And there's some some of my really good friends live in P Rock. You bastard. I'm from Pilot Rock. That doesn't mean you can say it. I had a buddy that married a girl from Pilot Rock, and why they were married, he'd call her a hillbilly. Uh, that's really rude to call your wife a hillbilly. And uh, uh, like you said, while well, they were married, because of <laughs> course they're divorced. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't even need to imply that. I would have guessed. When you finish the story, I'm dying to know what the rest of that was now. That's oh, sorry. Yeah. Go on. What was the rest of your story, Richard? Oh, it turns out she was. Oh, okay. Then <laughs> <laughs> you got to say turns out. So that's the best yeah. part right there. <laughs> Holy sweet Jesus. Yeah. <clears throat> Back to what we were talking about. Yeah. Um, rating scale. We need to figure one of those out. We'll work on that for sure. Yeah. And at some time we'll look into Joel's boob theory also. So, um, so well, stay tuned for that episode. Yeah. Yes. What were the actual numbers? I mean, how, what are we at? Or Kit doesn't say. I don't remember. I just was like, I passed out when I saw the split in the demographics. So, yeah. It was, it's, it's, we're getting, I think, um, getting some decent uh, membership or um, listeners. So, uh, and a lot of repeat, a lot of repeat offenders. So, yeah, not that the first listeners were bad. 
No, no, not at all. The new ones are even better. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of them are the same, as far as I can tell. So, uh, so does nice lady. What what demographic does nice lady go in? No, oh, that's a shifting demographic for sure. Yeah, <laughs> that one's right down the middle. Yes, sir. The the talk of the table at Semiotis was that. So the listener feedback. There were some listeners there. Well, outstanding. We got some some reader mail. Yeah, I had a move. They they want you to start putting previews about what the episode's about again. I guess mm-hmm. you stopped doing that. I don't think I did, but uh, oh, I'll look no, into that's that. What yeah. I heard. That's what I heard. And then it's the good. other talk was that. Uh, oh, I used to I, do a preview during the week. I would give a little insight, maybe. No, a dis- no, I'm talking about a description of what the podcast is about. That's the one there. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, then she's wrong. You, I'll tell you who it was. The podcast. Maybe I'll put some more detail in there. <laughs> I, I have gotten, the last couple I've gotten lazy on how many topics I talk about in the description. So, good feedback. Yes. Any more listener mail? Now, the other talk of the table was that you uh, you started a different podcast. Yes, I have another one also, yeah. What so the hell? we're all we're all upset about that. But well, we are. <laughs> it was another one in the works at the same amount of time. Yeah. So right. I hope yeah. that one fails. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's horseshit. I think not. It's completely different topics, man. It's all about one single movie. It's about movies. About. We talk, it's about one like, single movie, and we just, that's all we talk about the entire podcast is one movie. All right. Tell it to the yeah. listeners. I will. Yeah. Yeah. Let them decide. Yeah. Yeah. That's good feedback, though. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Noted. Super good. Definitely at some point in time, we should uh, try to arrange for a uh, live at Semiotis with yes. uh, all would, of us there. I would most love to do that for sure. I want to do the grotto at Hamley's. <laughs> could do that too. <laughs> when Rawls and I first started talking about this, this that was one of the things we said was if we did a podcast, we would just set up a microphone at the tall table on Friday night and catch what happens. That was the first thought. Yeah. So too much Carl. Well, you, you know, the roast is going to fade out pretty quickly, depending on who's making the GNTs. So, um, it's a natural selection on that one. We'd also have Junior coming up because the other feedback I got was Junior coming up to tell me repeatedly how much the podcast sucks. <laughs> Every time I listen to it, it sucks. <laughs> I can't imagine Junior repeating himself. Yeah, but they, yeah that's weird. They, he highlights something we talked about in the middle of the podcast. I think I already talked about this on here. But yeah, we did. We mentioned does, it, but yeah, it, it does still strikes constantly. me as funny. Yeah. Yeah. So he's clearly. See, we're, he's we're, clearly we're, we're, we're more than halfway in. So, hey, JR, thanks for listening, man. We love you. <laughs> <laughs> Too funny. Too funny. I love good feedback, though. I, I, the fact that it was a conversation point at the tall table at Sims is pretty impressive. So. They don't know what else to talk to me about. <laughs> Not bitching about New York or anything? Come on, there's plenty of stuff there. Yeah, the guy that I don't even know who he was. I think he listens, actually, but sorry, buddy. But uh, he came up to me talking about Corvid. 
Mm-hmm. That's I don't know what to do. What do, you, what do you do with somebody like that? Calls it fucking Corvid. Just let them go their way. Yeah. 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 Just like what people call it Oregon. You know, you just so piss off. Yeah. Bro, you're raising your hand. Is that what you did? Yeah. What, was, okay. he a really tall, was he a really tall guy? No, he was actually really short. He was probably like 5'7, five, 5'8. Five, I was thinking it was Swine Pipe. <laughs> That sounds like something he'd say. <laughs> it totally does. Poor Flu. He's, he's a highly educated individual. He just acts like it sometimes. So <laughs> You look like mm-hmm. the average like 5'8 guy you run into in the rainbow type of guy. All righty then. I don't know. I don't know how else to describe him. Huh. Well, we'll have to figure out who it is off air and that way we can, we can laugh about him. So, uh, you know, like, yeah, he's probably going to punch me in the face now. Next time I go down. Now you know he's listening at least. So just say, hey, thanks for your uh, thanks for your membership and your listening. Yeah, we appreciate it. The first time somebody's want to punch you in the face, though, Joel. That's a good point. <laughs> I think it's an unrelated matter. Yeah. Wait till he gets to know you. I've only been punched once. Doesn't yeah, it says a lot about society, Fine. really. It says a lot about society. Yeah. Well, all pilot rocks got in for him now. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna send a couple of texts out there anyways just to wake him up. So what a, I, I I am the I should be on like the notable residence Wikipedia page of Pilot Rock is what I should be. Well, I think you could do that. Isn't that the point of Wikipedia? Anybody could make an entry. Yeah, maybe I'll do that. Yeah, I think that's a good project for you tomorrow. <laughs> notable notable residence, residence of P-Rock. Joel. Joel moved to Pendleton in his later years. You could tell the story and just put like a dot 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 to be continued. I guess if you wanted to, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. any other final thoughts on Porky's uh, since we've got way off the reservation uh, on the movie? I think we talked briefly last time that Porky's one and two were filmed at the same time and then just split into two movies, which was which was pretty cool. We, did, the next we day didn't is, talk about that. I think I don't think you were listening at that point. Um, yeah, I. Um, the next movie should almost be the sequel. The next day? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Well, our, our next week. Well, that's what it's called, the next day. Yeah. Well, Whose yeah. turn is it to pick a movie? I think it's yours. Fuck yeah. <laughs> I, I just want to go back to the fact that it was produced by Can- Can- Canadians. That just blows my mind. That that was a Canadian story. And then... And they picked Florida of all places too. It's yeah. interesting. Yeah. And then I think the other great thing is like that shower scene held weight until Starship Troopers. Great point. I, I will watch Starship Troopers till that and then I'll move on. Yeah. I love, then, I love it. Oh God. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Me? Yeah. Oh, I, I was just going to talk about Porky's when they're in the principal's office and <laughs> the description. Yeah. And Mrs. Ballbreaker was, uh, I love her name is Mrs. Ballbreaker. Yeah. Mrs. Ballbreaker. I got to uh, stop. Uh, is she gay? Just, we're going back. To- <laughs> yes, 100%. Okay. Yeah. She's not. Because I tried to figure not. out. She was after the principal. She had the hots for the principal, obviously. No, you can tell by her figure. No, in part two or three, she's after Snuffy. Remember her high school love? Come on, kids. Remember your Porky's trivia. She's closeted. Okay. Uh, Great question, though, Rolls. So when, the, when, the, when she's talking about 
putting the boys in a lineup, to a penis lineup. Tallywacker? Yeah. She's like, can we, st- penis is too personal. Call it a tallywacker. I know. Let's call the police sketch artist over. You <laughs> can draw it up and we can hang out posters all over town. Yeah. <clears throat> call this number. You've seen this prick. Yeah. <laughs> And I just found on uh, IMDb, too, that uh, in 82, when Porky's came out, it was the top movie in the U.S. for eight weeks and was second only to E.T. as far as number one spot. I had no idea it was that popular when it first came out. So was American Graffiti first or was Porky's first? Oh, you bastard. Uh, I'll have to look it up. I don't remember off the top of my head when Graffiti was. The other thing that I want to make is Bloxy Blues with Matthew Broderick. Graffiti was way before, 73. Oh, yeah. But it's a lot of the same thing. But uh, Bloxy Blues is basically Porky's. Well, you have the young, innocent soldier in Matthew Broderick. He's in a southern whorehouse. Yeah, Yeah, it's the same cast of friends. They get in the same trouble. (laughs) That's true. Yeah, it's... (laughs) It's basically like a uh, yeah. They're in boot camp instead of high school, basically. Yeah, yeah. Great point. Wow, deep dive, Richard. Well done, sir. Is because they didn't Neil Simon write Biloxi Blues? Is that correct? Wasn't it based on a play so, or yeah. vice versa? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> wow, I like how we went from Alien. Then to Porky's, and then we've tied in Biloxi Blues <laughs> and E.T. also, and, and Boob Shapes. Starship Troopers. And Starship Troopers, yes. Indeed. Salute, yeah. Rowley, I can't say how appreciative I am that you picked this movie for this week. It was... It was uh, I do have a final bitch. Oh, please do, yes. You own the movie. The only way, other way to obtain it is through... Apple. I think yeah. so. I've yeah. never gone onto Roku and found the only place that you can buy a movie is on Apple. That was so. sort of like, uh, what did I have to buy last time? Then you're like, oh, it's on Crackle. <laughs> I was like, son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> what movie was that? Was that? I don't remember what it was, but um, I remember. I, ended up one, I didn't pick it. Somebody else picked it. Yeah. But Anyways, it was good. Whatever it was. To remember was, what... uh, it was um, the Johnny Five. Oh, oh, it was Johnny Five. Yeah, Short Circuit. Yep, Short Circuit. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, I ended up renting it off Apple, and you said, "Oh, it's for free on Crackle." I'm like, the one place besides Cody I didn't check for a free movie. So I'm not Joel's doing something like he's telling his banker, I guess. Uh. uh uh-oh. <laughs> riveting, riveting podcast moment. <laughs> so, Ross, so we've had your movie of the week. Now, I'm desperately dying to know what the Far Reaches podcast word of the week is. An overshot. Say again, please. An overshot. Overshot. Ooh. Overshot and not like I drove too far and overshot the corner. More of a, a uh, yeah, Richard. Do you know what an overshot is? 
Is it a uh, particularly technique of roping? Mm -mm. No. Not good, no. Good guess though. Yeah. Joel, any any questions? Are you listening still? Or searching yeah, for free porn? <laughs> You're asking what overshot means. Um, I don't know. I think it's probably something like mission creep where like you have an objective and then uh, you, you change your mind sort of like how governments are doing with COVID-19. Wow. You took a journey on that one, didn't you? Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, I don't argue with you. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I don't know either, Ralph. Uh, enlighten us, if you will, good sir. Well, I have one more guess. Oh, okay. Please do. Is it when somebody was in the army and they called and chewed Jocko Willock's ass and then they went and saw him physically in person and they re realized, oh, I overshot. <laughs> <laughs> that would be, uh, in that context, that's exactly what that is. Yes. <laughs> oh, shit. That dude's real. Yeah. I have to say, just before we get to the word, I have to tell you a Jocko story I heard. So when you leave the army, you're supposed to go to all these uh, trading seminars and acclimate oh. back into the regular world. Yeah. They told Jocko he did that. He says, no, I'm leaving tomorrow. <laughs> I, I skipped those as well. Um, when I, cause I did, I can't think of, I remember what it was called, but yeah, I skipped that training as well. I'm like, obviously it worked well for me. So yeah. Joel just pile drived into the door. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's got a poop. Yeah. So. Yeah, he was in a hurry. I haven't seen Joe that motivated in quite a while. He must have got a text from Pilot Rock or something. Yeah. <laughs> Rawls, would you care to enlighten us? We'll catch that a-hole up whenever he gets back. Um, I suppose it's kind of a similar lingo to crummy. Um, oh. But, well, it's regional, yeah. Yeah, at least in this portion of the uh, world, our flatbeds up here will have a, a catcher up over the cab known as a overshot or a dog catcher um i've also heard shot portion of a stock trailer um the the neck over mm. overshot too at times but the over i never i'd never heard that phrase i know exactly what you're talking about uh i've stood up there i've drugged spare tires and handyman jacks off of there and kicked dogs off i've never heard it called that though yeah, uh, yeah sometimes it's called the dog catcher Richard, what do you call it up there? Do you know? Do you have a name for it? On a fifth wheel, we call it the snooper or the gooseneck. The gooseneck, then, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Get the crap out of the box above the cab. <laughs> get the jack. Of course, it's way up in that son of a gun. Yeah. 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 So that's really interesting. Even um, so close, really, to each other geographically that word hadn't really uh traversed like crummy crummy is pretty much a northwest word we all kind of know what it means but overshot was completely uh kind of isolated in that northeast part of the state i found that interesting and you don't and you, a lot of places you go you don't see have them um mm -hmm. somewhat synonymous to this region up here in fact i had a a friend uh tech set them he was from down here guys country the Sutton family but yep, yep. Called, called back and and was uh 
asked me if I knew of any flatbeds up here used ones for sale because you you rarely saw them anywhere else and he was wanting to get one to mount a chair up there on so he could drive through the desert and shoot coyotes off. Oh, nice. <laughs> It's, uh, that's keeping with family tradition. Indeed, yeah. yes. <laughs> Long and story tradition, yes. <laughs> exactly why, uh, yeah, we don't need militia in Lake County. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't need it to be official anyways. Yeah. <laughs> you need meetings and shit? No, I'm not really interested in that, but you call, I'll be there. Yeah. <laughs> Can I bring my overshot with the chair? Yeah. <laughs> And yeah, hell, we're counting on it there. <laughs> Why do you think you're on the list anyways? <laughs> do you remember a college rodeo? One year in LeGrand, Richard, somebody crawled into the wrong overshot or gooseneck of a trailer and ended up waking up in Ellensburg. <laughs> Don't you hear about that? Yeah, they, uh, they crawled up in there to go take a little nappy nap during college rodeo and they picked the wrong trailer, even though it looked like theirs. And yeah, they woke and up. This didn't happen to this didn't happen to Ty Olson. It wasn't F Ty. It wasn't Boyo. I can't remember who it was, but it was one of our college rodeos there. Yeah, somebody somebody fell asleep there and did not expect to wake up in Eber. Yeah. Well, Boyo would have just assumed he planned it. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> he would just went with it. <laughs> it sounds more like a Travis Lockie story. It does Ooh. sound like a flop story. I don't think it was flop though. Uh, it was a little wiry kid. Uh, he kind of looked like Matt, Matt Zimmerman. It wasn't Matt. It was somebody else. But Say again? Did he go to, he go to Blue? <sighs> no, I think, I think it was Walla Walla or Hermiston maybe, but I can't say for 100%. Uh, just, that part's fuzzy. Yeah. back then that that could have been. Exactly. I just remember like <laughs> – yeah, crawled in the in there to go take a little nappy nap, and then woke up in Ellensburg. So. I remember uh, it took us three pickups to get to Pendleton one time from a party we went to with the Blue Year Boys. We just kept getting con consolidated. We started in the back seat of a pickup, and we got so far down the road, and for some reason it stopped working. And then we got a, <laughs> another one. We ran off the road, and it got stuck. So we all ended up like a geo metro, seven of us, <laughs> trying to get back to the dorm rooms at Pendleton, all <laughs> looped up on homemade strawberry wine. There, there's dorm rooms in Pendleton? Yeah. Apartments, I guess. Yeah. That Can was, you tell me exactly where they are? They're in they're Harvard on the hill. Down by the river. <laughs> Overlooking <laughs> the prison. <laughs> And it's funny, Joel, because you had your headphones in. We could hear you mixing your drink like in the other room. I was really confused <laughs> I was for a moment. Was... Yeah, good thing you weren't taking a leak or something. Yeah, but I heard like, and you're talking to us. And I'm like, he didn't come back in the room. Yeah, so those of you watching on video know what we're talking weekend. about. There you go. This is powwow weekend, isn't it? It's this coming weekend, isn't it? Or yeah, is it this... it's Memorial weekend, right? Yeah. Aren't you guys critical to that? Well, at one time, yeah. I don't think they're powwowing this weekend, but we used to. I don't think it's been a – I can't even remember when the last one was. It's been 10 years probably. We had a reunion when I moved back to P-Town. Yeah, was that I, what? I don't think it was because I moved back to P-Town, but that's the year we had a reunion, yeah. 09 or something? Mm, maybe so, yeah. <clears throat> There's a banner somewhere that uh distributor made up for us. We had our powwow reunion banner. Yeah, we're going to have to do a 
I cast Sully on the powwow sometime. Damn it, this is just piss poor timing on, on my part. I just didn't, I just now realized A, that it's Memorial Day weekend, and B, and yeah, we should have done a powwow review. Raul, you have a bunch of land up there. Why don't we just powwow your property? It's not the same. Do it on government property. The liability is better. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I feel I feel better about chopping down government trees than I do here as Raleigh. <laughs> Here's the question I ask. So I have to go. I have a buddy coming and his wife coming down from Seattle this weekend. Uh, we want to go camping. Where? How do you go camping? Like, so my family used to have a cabin. That's the only place I've ever camped on Birch Creek. And then, like, if you want to go and you don't own land, how do you find a place to go? Public lands are usually a good place to start. What's What's the hotel across from the White House? Oh, the Royal Motor Inn. <laughs> yeah, that's like camping. Yeah, that's rustic. Yeah. <laughs> But I think I'm not sure about what's going on in the People's Republic of Oregon, but usually like four circus lands, public lands, there's designated campsites. Areas. Yeah, but how do you how do you find public land? How do you know if it's public versus private? You look on your little mappy map there. Uh, you can get a map, shows you Exxon. Where do you where do you get a map? It's not it's not on Google Maps. Uh, upload hunt. I have to go to a gas station, but you guys have a map. Just get an app called Onyx Maps. It ah, damn it, I said it wrong. Private or what's public? Mm-hmm. What's it called again, Raleigh? Onyx, O N Y X. I think it's Y X. Yeah. That'll show you public, like Forest Service land or something. Um, it'll show you private and and public. It it uh, yeah. Oh, it's just O N X Hunt. It's a uh, it's actually a uh, hunting app, so you can look at different landowners' places, and you know you're trespassing. But um, it shows you all the government stuff. And when you're and when you're looking on the Google, it should say like uh, Willowa Whitman National Forest on the map, yeah. the places or such and such park or etc. So, and then you can check on those and see if they're uh, or there's campgrounds and the like. So, but you just head up past Ukiah. Yeah, you're good. I would go to Indian Lake or something for you, Joel, but that might be a little pilot rock after this episode. Yeah, I heard like after the the rain the last couple nights, uh, the road got washed out, headed up to Birch Creek, and then um, Indian Lake, of course, is closed to to white folks. Um, You can go check out Ollie's Lake, maybe. Go up that way. There might be too much snow up there still. Yeah, you could bust in the lunchbox's cabin too, maybe. So, whose lunchbox? <laughs> I'm not gonna say on here. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Is that Bill? Or we used to have powwow was out past. Uh, you go be kind of flats. I was out out of Starkey. Yeah. We you went on up uh, the Grand Ron River. Yeah, if you turn you... right, you go to Ukiah. You just go straight up to the Starkey store and up that direction. Up to Bay Meadows, and then went out. That's to it. The yeah. The Rainbow Road. How quickly it all comes back, or I don't think Raleigh ever forgot those destructions. Yeah. <laughs> it gets there up your buzz. Easy. I just aimed high and to the right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. We'll have to have a special powwow episode because. Um, but be though that was my. How many people can you get on here at one time? I think a hundred. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, we could have a hell of a powwow. Yeah, we could. Yeah, we could virtual we powwow. Could, we could get all of our listeners. 
Yeah, we could. <laughs> it just invite them all on here. It would be fun to get a bunch of the people that went to that and reminisce on some of the stories and it might get a little interesting at moments, but it'd be some good listening. You know, that's a great idea, Rawls. Uh, we could probably put something like that together. Yeah. It's easy it is to get us all scheduled at the it? same time. It shouldn't be too difficult at all. Get, get, get spatula. We need spatula and urwench and buck knuckle. Uh, yeah. And badger. Spoon, yeah. badger, flu. Uh, little Smirnoff man. Yeah, yeah. We need uh, sucking on chili dogs. We need uh, tin cord and we need running elk shit. We need cold. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah there was <laughs> cold there. arms, cold arms. <laughs> tin cord. I haven't said tin cord out loud in forever. Get the crystal. Yeah. Rubes. Oh, goodness. So, great yeah. word of the week, too, by the way, Rolls. Great word of the week. Mm -hmm. Where are we at? Well, we usually uh, bust on into the uh, what we learned at this point. Yeah. Richard, what have you learned? Richard learned. I'm still excited about the demographic breakdown. Yeah, yeah. Richard learned that, and that's his best moment. And what he learned. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah. Oh, what have I learned? Hmm. Porky's was Porky's was influential in so many movies that followed. Great point. Yeah. Yes. I would agree. I would definitely agree. Yes. I would venture to say not just movies that followed, but a lot of a lot of that era in the eighties was influential. For oh. Porky's Por Revenge of the Nerds. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Pretty in pink. Breakfast Club. Come on, Donger. <laughs> Long duck dong. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Guy's still a celebrity. He hasn't even been in a movie for 30 years. Yeah, oh, risky business. What's his name? Still doing pizza commercials. Yeah, Booger from Revenge of the Nerds yeah. and also in Risky Business. Yeah. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yeah. The youth, you know, you got to fight back. So, Joel, what'd you learn, my good sir? I always get hung up on this. I don't. It is a surprise every week. I know. Uh, we can yeah. come back to you if you want. Um, and it doesn't, again, it's not has to be like, you know, reinventing the Pythagorean theorem or anything. It's Well, I mean, right before I got on this, I, I knew it was going to be out. So I asked Jess, like, what did I learn this week? And she was like, horses lay down. Like, I already knew. I already knew horses lay down. <laughs> Jess didn't. That was pretty significant. And then, yeah. now, now, Pendleton has those 700 goats in town now going on oh. the Umatella. Yeah. She's like, they poop pellets. I'm like, I already, I already knew that. You know your shit. I'm like, I'm like, what can you? And so I said, I'm like, what can you teach a man that already knows everything? Yeah, when you meet him, ask him. Yeah. I don't know. I, I didn't learn anything. I just heard stuff repeatedly that I already knew. That's the, that's the curse of knowing everything already. That, that could yeah, be difficult. it is. It, it gets more difficult as you age because. There's more and more stuff that I already know. <laughs> you should write a book. Yeah. Or definitely update your Wikipedia page. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Mr. Bigsby, I'm dying to know what you learned this week. Or on this uh, podcast, however you want to frame it. Well, it's kind of a coincide favorite moment of the week or 
whatnot. But um, so a year, oh, it's been longer than that. A couple of years ago, I ordered a pair of handmade boots from a boot here in in Pendleton, Rich Stapleman down at Stapleman Boots across from Hanley's. And uh, the leather that he had put on them was less than desirable. Um, it fell apart pretty fast on them, on the boots. And and so last summer I'd taken them in there and, and uh, he said he'd get around to get me another pair made. Well, I just went ahead and ordered another pair of them just to, to uh, get. Well, when I got there, he had a really nice pair of boots made and I didn't fully intended to pay for them and, 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 uh, have him fix the other ones. But he just, he said, no, nope, I'm standing behind my product and those were not Stapleman boots and I don't want that quality out there. And totally, I mean, we're talking $800 for a pair of boots. Mm -hmm. well, he, he said, I'm taking those ones back and these are your boots. You're not paying for them. And, and it kind of, um, it, it, in, in the time that we live in, where small businesses are so scrutinized and having a hard time surviving, it, it meant a lot to see the, what the quality that he, that our small businesses put out there for the American people. And it, um, I learned that, that, uh, diligence is still there within our small businesses and, and something to still believe in and stick by and you can't buy everything at Walmart. So it's a hell of an advertisement. It's not an advertisement. It's a testimony. testimony. Yeah. yeah. I'm going down there this week. I'm going to get boots from them too then. No. And, and he does a fantastic job. And, and, um, and you know, he, he just is a really good guy that, that, uh, wants to stand behind his product. And I totally, I, I hadn't intended on, on, uh, that even happening. Mm -hmm. Didn't care. I did. I, I liked, I liked the product he was making. It just, there was, he had a bad hide of leather that he made some boots out of and then it happened. Yeah. So I didn't take it personal or anything. I just was figuring on ordering another pair and, and going about my business. But, um, that was, it was neat to see that kind of, um, uh, honesty in, in our society still. So where is that place? It's right across the street from Hamley's. Um, it's on, is it on Maine or on, um, well, it's to Spain yeah. or whatever the hell that one that runs through town. Yeah. Okay, there you name. One that runs by the courthouse, right? If you walk out the, the, either the Hamley store or the Hamley's restaurant and look straight across the street from the Hamley's restaurant, it's right across the street. By the um, old Pendleton Dean's Pendleton athletic. Actually, I think, no, it the might other. Be, I think it might be in the old athletic Dean's old athletic. Oh. I think that might be the bit, the actual business front. So. All right. So no, I'm confused. Yeah. <laughs> Well, before your time, Micah, Dean's Pendleton Athletic was right over there. Uh, oh, okay. That makes sense then. Because I was thinking like a down from Buds is basically, yeah. Yep. Perfect. No, okay. It, I thought I was same, slipping. The same street side that was on there. Yeah. Perfect. Whew. I thought my memory was going even worse than it already is. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> but yeah, that's what I learned this week. So. Damn. That's a pretty good lesson. Yeah. Michael, would you? Yeah, I don't really know. This is a surprise for me. Uh, I learned that um, some people you think that are really, really smart in some parts of the world and things uh, aren't in other things. Uh, <laughs> that's some 
I had some good, interesting, uh, intense Facebook conversation this week about Lorona. And uh, in particular, a person I know who is like, in my world, a world-renowned genomic scientist. He, he and I see way differently on the run. And, um, you know, I have a tremendous amount of respect for this person. And he's brilliant in some regards. And one that I wouldn't figure would have that response. But uh, it's a good conversation nonetheless. But it just kind of reminds you that we all have our opinion. That's great. Uh, we also have our freedoms and our choices. And so they kind of go hand in hand. Um, I can't wait to see him at a meeting and buy him a beer and kick him in the ass. Uh, he'll probably do the same to me, but uh, it was a good conversation. And, but uh, you never know where somebody's coming from based on what else you think they know. So that's what I learned. Rump. Yes. Rump. Learned a real lesson there. I wouldn't say it's a lesson. It's just an I, insight. I take back. Oh, I, I did learn something. I'm surprised how fast it took Joel to go back to full native Oregonian, like the transition less than seven days, I think. Yeah, it was. It's <clears throat> like, uh, yeah, from New I York to, to Burley, Oregonian, just like that. Yeah, it must be the water. Some, some asshole in Brooklyn doesn't know what he's talking about. We're like, yeah, we fucking know him. Yeah. <laughs> I had a, uh, a work thing, a work happy hour tonight, which is like a, so they picked two teams uh, for the happy hour, and it was with the head of compliance for the United States. So she's a big deal. She's really cool. I, I really like her. Um, she's British. Um, not sure what that has to do with anything, but I'm just pointing that out. But um, we had our happy hour tonight, and then I, I, I took my phone outside to the barn and I took it from the barn and uh just to prove that I'm an Oregonian and because uh, they're all in their palatial palaces and they're like Jolt where are you I'm like well that's hay behind me and, and <laughs> did you, did you yuck it up just a little bit for him or did you kind of yuck it up yeah, a little for okay. sure for Good. sure yeah yeah, yeah. When it comes down to it, like I don't pass mustard. Is that mustard or muster? Mustard. Muster. M U S T E R. Yeah. Yeah, I don't pass muster with uh, the likes of you three, but. Uh, well, you're from P Rock. You do all right. I do well enough to fool New Yorkers, is what I can do. <laughs> and you're damn proud of it. That's the most important part. <clears throat> That's outstanding. Two. Too liberal for Pendleton to, to uh, write. There's your, there's your next freaking song right there, my good <laughs> Yeah, there you go. I'm stuck between two worlds, yeah. <laughs> Take it as you will. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I'll uh, gently ease us into our final segment of the day. It's the best thing of the week, uh, which is one of my favorites, because it um, kind of gives a sense of where everybody's at and kind of hopefully in on a, on a high note. So um, uh, I will start, actually, I guess, since I'm talking already, which is a surprise. Um, actually, in uh, final negotiations for a job I'm really, really excited about and um, hoping to get the final paperwork uh, tomorrow so I can sign on the dotted line and then uh, be able to go forward in that adventure. Uh, I've been looking at a lot of different uh, opportunities since uh, December, actually. And so... Um, 
Will you move but, or? Uh, yes, I will be moving, yeah. To where? To Florida. Oh, yeah. what part of Florida? Gainesville? Yes. Good really? Yes. Yeah, around the Gainesville area, yeah. All right. If you know, paperwork there. comes back in tomorrow and everything's like we've been discussing and no meteorite or some crazy shit doesn't hit, then uh, yeah, that's kind of the plan. So I'll have, it's not official, official, like I said, I haven't signed anything. We've just had our back and forths and if A, then B and all the dotted stuff. So uh, yeah, I expect to get that uh, tomorrow and get it all sealed and delivered. So we'll have updates on that as it unfolds, but. If we ever have a football season again, I'm coming down. See, yeah. And I know we will because it's in Florida, for one. And they're actually yeah. saying, uh, yeah, that place is open. They're doing business. Yeah, so. did you see the governor smack down the media? He did karate chop the bejesus out of them. Yeah. <laughs> I got to tell you, that helped put me over the top. Like, honestly, I'm not shitting you. I had um, one particular job I was looking at was based in Oregon, in Oregon alone, and that was really difficult for me. As much as I love everybody there and what and all the places, it was I, I I couldn't I don't think I could bring myself to intentionally move there to put up with that bullshit. So that might seem petty and short sighted, but if you have a choice, um, you know that that weighs in like uh, the leadership of Florida, the tax base where it's at, all that. And I guess I'll just fly home more often. But um, you know that was a factor, and that's crazy to say. It might be petty i don't know because i love all the guys that are out there but it's difficult to be there it really is i didn't mean to agree you take care of so. will you take care of carol bannon while you're down there <laughs> i neither <laughs> confirm nor deny if i might be uh you know <laughs> checking out some That's of the reserves it. yeah free joe mike, come yeah. on <laughs> mike is gonna have like a little alligator farm and there are some crazy places too i've been i looked online you know for housing obviously that's part of the deal and uh, there's some wild places, man. It looks like somebody that just uh, watched too many pirate movies built a freaking house. You know, they're like four stories with freaking uh, catwalks everywhere. And, you know, it's just like a down in the swamp kind of place. It looks pretty cool. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Congratulations. I hope Thank that you. works. If, if you play your cards right, you might be able to be a purple shirt volunteer like within a year. See what we can do. Yeah. <laughs> Cool. Smart ass. All right. For Congratulations. That, Thank you, sir. <laughs> Richard, you want to go next? Yeah, I found out I'm not dying. That's I don't good. Know, I don't know what I'm dying of, but I I, uh, I have this problem where uh, I get sick and then I go take tests and my answer is uh, perfectly healthy. So, uh, yeah, I'm not dying. So, I got that to look forward to. Hey, we're all happy to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, no, that would uh, ruin the podcast if you died. Yeah. yeah. Unacceptable. I'm easily replaceable. No, there's only one Brad Burr. We've looked. There's only one Brad Burr. Yeah. So. Well, there's R cubed. Yeah, but I mean, it's gonna be a while. Attention. His attention span isn't. It's well, at least a couple probably... more months till he's got the vocabulary and thought process. Yeah. You silly dude. <laughs> yeah. No, we're glad to hear that, Richard, because I know last time you had gone to the hospital and gone through all the facilities and such, and so uh, glad to hear. Yeah. That. So stop taking freaking tests. Yeah. No, always yeah. get tested. That's for other things besides the other thing. So. Wait, Joel, you look intrigued. Why do you think you're dying? Because he's getting old. Yeah. Just because you're the, tired? I'm having a hard time being not invincible anymore, I guess. Psychologically. You, you it's used them all me. up already, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I'd have yeah, been, I was going to be this should... old, I'd have taken a lot better care of myself. 
I think the car wrecks I've been in is up uh, above 20. So, uh, yeah, I guess I've been lucky. <laughs> you should take a driving lesson. <laughs> Surprisingly, you're not I've, the first person that tells has told me that. Anybody that's ridden I've, with him will tell him that. I've never, I have literally never crashed a car. Like, oh, you're not living then, mister. Yeah. I'll drive over there and teach you how to drive. I've crashed two trucks. One had helicopters at it. It was exciting. Yeah. Plus, he lived through the White House years. That's a whole different story. <clears throat> oh, I did find, speaking of the White House, Island City House, I did find the uh, contract that Travis Stitzel and I had after Amy hit his truck. Talk about a walk down memory lane. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. That was a vehicle that I owned that I wasn't in the car wreck with, but that was, yeah, that happened too. But I thought it was hilarious that I, it was still in my one of my boxes. Wow. Was, like, brought back memories of, uh, Quite possibly one of the shittiest houses Mike had ever lived in. The one in Island City? Yes. Yeah. You should have saw that one in the interim before he went from the White House to that one. It was on X Avenue. We didn't really even officially move in. Yeah. They were stealing <laughs> our shit before we even got fully moved in. That was a problem. Yeah. So the Island City house was nice compared to that. I'll just say yeah, that. Well. So. Whew. Okay. <laughs> Rolls. We're going to skip Joel and come back to him at the end. Well, give us, you know, something uh, best thing so far this week or past or whatever you want to say. So, what are your time frames up to you? Probably the best thing is my wife came home. So. She did. She came back. That's awesome. She had some fun in California and decided to come home and, yeah. and say howdy. Yeah, she decided that's... she couldn't do any better. Yeah. Yeah. Well, everybody's in lockdown, you know. What so. part of California is she from? Uh, just outside of Sacramento, little town called Wilton. Oh, that's where my wife's from, Roseville. Yeah. Welcome back, Mrs. Bigsby. She's waving. Ah, <laughs> with all her fingers? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Details, yeah. So. <laughs> yes, you seem like a much more smiley Rawls this week since the, the missus is home. That's good to see. Yeah. I mean, that's the best thing that happened to you all week is your wife came back. Come on. Yeah. Not a lot. I think that's hilarious. <laughs> She's in Jess, the room, Joel. Hey, She's Jess, in the room. if you're listening, Jess, just kick him <laughs> right in the freaking head. All right. <clears throat> it's the little thing. Calm down. I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> he misses his wife when she's gone. Yeah, it happens. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. Someday, Joel. Yeah. You'll be open up with your feelings that you can express that as well. My movie of the week is P.S. I Love You. You shut your cake eater. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that lovely moment, Rolly. Joel, <laughs> do you have anything to contribute as far as your best thing this week besides your new hat or? Seeing us I mean, or semi-audies. I mean, my, my favorite thing this week, obviously, is the hat. Mm -hmm. But the most interesting thing is uh, Pendleton has the 700 goats. Ah, yes. Right Eating all the brush down. on the river. Yeah. I haven't gotten down to look at them yet, but I'm going to do that tomorrow. I drove by them and I saw them. Pretty little maids all in a row. Yeah. I just love goats. I think goat a goat is my – goats are my favorite animal. Okay. So Wow, I didn't pretty, expect that. Pretty excited to go look at the goats tomorrow. Um 
and then going to go do that again on Saturday and Sunday and Monday probably. You, you might have <laughs> to register somewhere if you keep going looking at the goats. I'm just saying. They're going to get worried about you walking around. Yeah, I think you – maybe you can you borrow around, a van and just creep around behind them. The more I go around, the more they see me as a friend. You know, not all goats. I think that's called grooming. That's really bad. Yeah. <laughs> Joel, have you ever eaten goat meat? No, but he's put carrots in his pockets and walked by them. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure I have. Is it? Do you not if you like cook it right, it's not that bad. If you cook it I'm right. I'm never a goat. I'm never a goat, man. It's not bad. Do, if you... do people eat goats? Oh, yeah. 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 That's the fastest growing meat segment in the United States is goats. Yeah. Does that coincide with poor people? No. Like, do... Not necessarily, no. It's just like you can keep... Goats are pretty efficient. They eat almost anything. Well, not almost anything. That's a wise tale. Uh, you could have like, I think it's, is it five or Here's six goats per cow, basically, and they still make milk. So um, a lot of places, that's the only thing that stays alive. I can Here's only drink. Whenever you eat something, you're eating whatever they eat, right? I'm not going to eat a goat because they eat fucking Ubatilla River garbage. No, they, don't, they don't eat garbage no. and tin cans and shit. They eat forbs and grasses and sedges and rushes. Like that's why I said it's a wise tale about goats eating cans and shit. Like they'll eat brush. They can eat thorns, but they're they're a ruminant animal, just like a, yes. they're like a miniature cow. So well, just like I wouldn't eat a deer. I don't eat deer. Am I going to do that? Why is that? I'm going to eat a goat. Why would you eat a deer? Because well, I have, and it's gross. What? What? Deer meat's uh. gross. No, elk, it's not. Gross. I would beg to differ. Have you yeah. ever had an elk backstrap? It's like the greatest thing in the world. I think a, a lot depends <laughs> on how it's prepped and cured and hung, but I'd say it's some of the better meat out there. Yeah, even Mr. No, Rogan would say so. I don't know. Maybe I've had elk steak. I thought it was gross. Yeah, interesting. It's different. It's not. You know, people are like have jerky. I've tried the jerky a lot of times, hoping for a better result. It's gross. Oh my goodness! How, oh, blasphemy! Terrible. Blasphemy. Tastes like tastes like you're eating a piece of paper that's been soaked in blood. That's what it tastes like. It's disgusting. Oh, high iron. It's iron. I think uh yeah. We got a long ways to go with you still. Yeah. Goat milk is my go to dairy product. Hmm. Yeah, I was raised on goat's milk, actually, yeah. Because I don't really like regular milk. But I'm sorry for your guys' poverty. Yeah. Hey, nothing I could do about it, so <laughs> I couldn't leave Pilot Rock and move to town. So, <laughs> yeah. And Brian's in-laws make some of the best jerky I've ever had. And that's saying something. Just saying. What does it say? It's good jerky. Okay. Man. So your best is you're a goat molester, and but you never eat one, so they should be comfortable around you. No, I just want to hold one. I will hug him and squeeze him, and I will call him George. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you talk nice, to you might be able to hold a goat. Yeah. Yeah, I need a new friend. So. I don't know why you'd ever be inclined to hold a goat, but I'm not one to judge too severely until the police get involved. So. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> finishing that up, Joel, you do have the pleasure of picking next week's movie. And right. yes. word of the week. So, uh, if you'd like to uh, enlighten us on what your movie's going to be, we can uh, prepare the 
the, the crowds and ourselves. All right. So I'm not, I'm going to defer the word of the week because I didn't know about that. But well, no, you don't have to do it till next week. Like you get to talk about it next week when we next meet again. Like when we discuss your movie, we'll discuss right. your word. Yeah. Okay. So you got a little time. Yeah. I feel like after 10 episodes, I should know that, but it's all right. We'll get there. <laughs> uh, okay. I'm going to throw a little twist in here. And Richard, I know that you're into this. I don't know about Raleigh and Micah. But if you are so inclined and you want to have an edible or smoke it, I don't care. Just get stoned and watch a show on Netflix called um, I Think You Should Leave. I Think You Should Leave. Yeah. I'll watch it, but I probably won't consume for you. But uh... I got stoned the other night. And I was watching this, and I've never laughed harder in my life. Is it in t- is it a movie or like a series? It's a it's like it's like a sketch show. Okay. There's there's like ten fifteen sketches in the whole series, and they're they're gonna he's gonna come out with a new uh, season here pretty soon because this is like a year old already. But and I watched it I watched it sober, and I'm like this is fucking stupid. Um, but then I, I was the right amount of stone the other night watching it. And I, is there a particular episode we should focus on or first couple or what are your thoughts? Just, just turn it on. The first episode starts out pretty fire with, uh, he, he goes in for a job interview, right? And he's very nervous and he doesn't want to offend the guy or look stupid, but he, you know when you go to the door and you, it's a push that you pull? Yeah, right? it's a far side cartoon. Yeah. Um, he does that. He tries to push. Or he tries to pull, but it's a push door. Mm-hmm. But he's not ready to like give up on it yet. So. <laughs> he's really giving her hell? Yeah. <laughs> For like two minutes, he's just pulling the door open, like off the hinges. When you're sober, it's kind of amusing, but when you're stoned. For those of you playing along at home, if you could see the look on Raleigh's face right now, it hasn't really changed in about the last two minutes. And it's freaking perfect. Yeah. Like there, beautiful. There's a, there's a, there's a minor detail. Brooklyn asshole is what it's saying right now. It's absolutely <laughs> hilarious. The, this minor detail I know, there's an episode where they're doing like a game show set up like Jeopardy. So, you know, in Jeopardy, they'll be like, I'll take a... Uh, Things she didn't say for 400, something mm. like that. But yeah. in this game show, they'll say, I'll take uh, things she didn't say, uh, fourth one down. <laughs> <laughs> fourth one down. Anyhow, it's just those small details that really cracked me up. This is, this is gonna be some great insight, I think, into how we approach humor and what's entertaining. So I that, can't wait. Yeah. That, that, that's my challenge to you. You guys get get stoned this mm-hmm. week and watch some of that. Um, and then my real movie for the week for people, our listeners, uh, Red Dawn. The new one, the first one, the real one. The the Patrick Swayze one. Yeah, yeah the original the real one. Wow, great movie. Yep. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you can't go wrong with a Patrick Swayze movie, I don't think. 
No. Especially when you get to yell Wolverines. Like, come on, man. Yeah. Avenge me. I've only seen it a couple times. That was the one when we moved to town. We moved to Medford, uh, and my mom worked for the cable company. And so for the first time in my memory, we had cable TV, which in that time included like HBO. We had HBO and Cinemax and whole Theateru. And I, Red Dawn was on one of those channels like every 15 minutes, you know. That's all I watched. Like the beginning of my sixth grade year was Red Dawn. Like, yeah, it's in my brain. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how else you can become a man without watching Patrick Swayze and Red Dawn. Well, Roadhouse. So much the Swayze, the road, <laughs> Roadhouse. Yeah. <laughs> Roadhouse will be a nice film. Yeah. yeah Hurts, don't it? Yeah. So outstanding. So we've got Red Dawn is the official movie of the week. The challenge initiated by Mr. Joel is get stoned and watch. Uh, I think you should leave. Okay. If, and if, if, it's, yeah. if it's still lingering, switch on over to Duncan Trussell's uh, Midnight Gospel. Netflix is really going for the psychedelic movie watching crowd. Sounds like it. Just the title alone makes me scratch my head. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, Rich, Richard, you've seen, you watch uh, Stone? Is that good? I haven't seen it yet, but I have heard uh, lots of uh, positive uh, positive things about it. There you go. All right. I'm going to do that tonight. Standing. Guys, any final thoughts? Any thought? I guess I shouldn't say final thoughts. Any initial thoughts? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we had a great movie. I had some good conversation. Uh, yeah, I really like this. It's been, this been a fun episode. So I think uh, I was looking forward to it. And it did not uh, fail to perform. So I really um, think it went well. Oh, any of you uh, listener feedback you want to share with us from the last episode? No. Did you lose it? I did. Yes. <laughs> you were looking around like oh, it was here. I, like, I thought I had it's it. On. It's, no. I, for on. those of you, yeah, I have like seven yellow notepads off to my side here. And I, got, <laughs> I don't know which one I wrote it on. And I didn't want to like thrash through it all. So I'll roll it in the next time. How's that sound? Because I, I really do enjoy that. And I think people like knowing that we listen to what they're saying. So I, I think they like to know that we can take criticism. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I can't. I don't like it. Joel can't. But he's never heard it before, so he wouldn't know what criticism sounds like. So, <laughs> well, that sounds like an intriguing way to tell me how good I am. Oh, anyways. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, my Lord. And on that high note, I think we're going to close for this week. But uh, again, guys, make sure you subscribe uh, on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, anywhere that podcasts are available. Also on YouTube, hit the uh, subscribe button, the notification button, share it with a friend, share it with an enemy. I think uh, just text it to friends and say, hey, check these maniacs out. So uh, we'll be here. Always appreciate the feedback. And until next time, uh, keep your pants and your powder dry. Tell you